Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode, Point of More Returns. I'm your gracious host, The Mast Investor. With me, we have our co-host, Wall Street C. What's going on? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm in good spirits. Looking forward to the pot. How are things going your way? Yeah, things are going good. Things are going really well. Really well, except for the fact that brings us to today's discussion, though. Today, we're going to have a short than normal episode, but should be very informative for those of you that are listening in. One of the things that you often come across if you see an ad or you see an offer from one of these gurus or an advisor or someone selling you a course or service is that they'll tout a certain level of performance to you. And oftentimes you may find in some of those offers that if you peel back the curtain, those performance metrics that they're touting aren't really what they make out to be, are they, Wall Street C? Yeah, absolutely, man. So to to dive in, we were having a conversation. <laughs> it was a post that we saw on social media, and it was one of these fake gurus. We talked about fake gurus in our last episode, but they were touting gross rents. So everything that we talk about on the pod, like I usually give you my perspective about real estate and corporate finance, and then you talk about like buying businesses, buying small businesses and private equity and corporate finance. And like often those worlds like intersect. And uh, we were just kind of laughing at the fake gurus that always use like these metrics that don't really tell the full story. They don't paint the full picture. So that's really the point of like the pod today is just know your numbers, understand what matters and what doesn't and how to separate the two. So I'll, I'll go in a little bit and then I'll flip it back to you. But in the specific post that we were talking about, the guru asked the guy, like, hey, what is your monthly cash flow? Meaning after you, your total revenue minus all of your expenses, and then what you net, like what, what's your net income? What's your net profit? Like all those are like interchangeable terms, right? And the guy answers with what his gross rents are every month, which is totally not the same thing. So from a real estate perspective, like your gross rents are the top line. That's like, what are you actually charging rent? That is what gross rents are. It's the very top line on the income statement. And so the fact that the guy asked, like, what's your net cash flow? And he says, like, total gross rents, because total gross rents are going to be a larger number. It's going to get you to say, oh, wow, those like, are really great numbers. But if your gross rents are a million and all of your expenses are <laughs> 999000 like, you made 1000 bucks. That's not, that's not that impressive. So... It's just, you know, making sure that we are doing our best to like informing people and getting them to understand like the key metrics and which ones matter and which ones don't. And being able to just kind of shift through the noise and figure out like have a better idea of what these people are actually like offering or what they're what they're presenting themselves as and what they're actually like doing. So. With that, like I'll, I have a, a few more like key metrics that we'll go through throughout the episode, but I feel like I'm rambling. I want to like flip it back to you and let you get in there. Yeah, sure. We're kind of flip back and forth between topics here today. Just to, we've got not so much ground, but just want to cover it within the amount of time that we want to have. So basically, what for my vantage point, another kind of fake metric that's been touted that you may commonly see. If you pay attention to social media, and I'll give a 
solid example. You know, I like to pick on the master investor here. One of his latest posts, he has three stocks that are up for basically touting the return of all-time return for Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA. Now, those who may have listened to his show a couple of times, I'm sure you've heard him tout these stocks at times. But the other thing that you've got to pay attention to is that along with side these stocks, he also toasts other stocks. And so one thing that he doesn't call attention to is his total portfolio return. He's always singling out really high performers within his picks, but he singles out those stocks that he may have recommended that, that may not have performed as well. And so you've got to be cautious of that and take into account the full portfolio performance that he has over time of the investment. The other thing that he's not touting is the entry point, the exit point. He gets on his show and he gives some recommendations for entries. But uh, I've noticed, at least from you know the short bit that I paid attention to, he doesn't really give you a time to actually get out of the investment. And as we know, you know, your entry point, your exit point are are crucial parts of what constitute your investment return. So just some things that you, you've got to pay attention to when looking at these gurus is that they kind of do a sleight of hand where they want to point you towards one metric while directing you and keeping you from looking at the total of what's going on in the background. And so be wise, be cognizant, and we'll flip it back to you, C. Yeah, thank you for that. So some of the other metrics, like another time we keep saying metrics, but you may hear someone mention KPIs, like key performance indicators like KPIs, you'll hear that a lot. So NOI, that's another one in real estate's net operating income. Essentially, like especially in the commercial world with real estate, like NOI is a key metric as well as cap rate. And then definitely like your property value or your market value. So what that NOI, like that net operating income is, is you have the gross rents and then you have all of your operating expenses. So think of everything it takes to like maintain the property from an operating perspective. So do not include your debt service, meaning like your your mortgage or the loan that you're paying back. And then whatever is left from those operating expenses is what serves as the net operating income. So that's like a key metric. Another one you'll hear is DSCR or DSCR loan, like debt service coverage ratio. So you take like the, the formula is your net operating income, which we just talked about, and you're divided by your total debt service, which is how much you own a loan. So typically like a bank will look for, should be able to easily get a DSCR loan if it's like 1.25 or greater. Some banks may say greater than 1.2. Some may even be a little bit more liberal and say anything above a one or anything above like a 1.5. It's a little bit more conservative, but what that means is you have your net operating income is 25% greater than your total debt service. So if you, if your debt service is a thousand, that means your, your net operating income needs to be 1250 to get that 1.25, like DSCR meaning it's like a 125%, like 1.25 or like 25% greater than what that debt service is. So in terms of cap rate, like moving on, because these are all like related. If you're talking about bank loans or just overall performance of 
like your investment portfolio, speaking on from a real estate perspective, like a healthy cap rate is, you know, in the market, generally you can get, if you invest in the index on average, like historically anywhere between what, six and 8% maybe. So anything above that is going to be a pretty healthy return. Cause if not, you can just go get index funds, right. And not have to <laughs> stress and be a landlord and look for deals. You can just, you know, get that same return and sleep well at night type thing and just invest for the next 30 years. So anything above that is like pretty healthy. Another key metric that I see a lot of like these gurus tout, they'll always say what their total assets are. Now on my actual Instagram page, like I talk about that as well. I do not go into detail about what I actually own for several reasons. I also don't put like my personal information on my socials, but we're not necessarily like out there selling courses or trying to entice you to buy things from us. So that's why it's, we're doing it with a little bit more integrity and fidelity around like what we're doing because we're not like giving you this information to tout. So you buy products from us. It's just more. So for me on my socials, I'm tracking my investment journey. So like they'll say, oh, I have $3 million in real estate or I have $5 million in real estate, which is really great. Like that's something that you should be proud of. And you should, you know, want to talk about, but also talk about, you know, how you got there, what it took to get there, how much debt you're taking on. If you have any partnerships, like what's the equity split with that? Is it all of like that all 3 million, like your assets? Those are the things that these gurus never highlight. It's like, they only tell you the good. They don't tell you like the truth, right? They tell you half of the, the story, not the full thing. And it's really important to get the full picture because then you can kind of formulate like your strategy and what you need to do and just have a better understanding of investing as a whole. So the AUM, like assets under management or like the total assets are, oh, my portfolio is worth 3 million. Like, that's great. But again, it's like, well, how much debt do you have? Because if you have a 3 million portfolio and you're leveraged like <laughs> to the tilt, then you have no equity. And, and I'm just speaking in generals because if you do a traditional bank loan, they usually want you to do like 20% down pay. So you do have some type of equity going into it. But I'm just highlighting that because again, I see a lot of the girls like highlight like, oh, I have $10 million worth of property. And it's like, yeah, but you own like 1% of that with, like all these partnerships and then it's highly leveraged and you don't make any cash flow. So you're opening yourself up to like a lot of risk in that situation, but they either don't know or they are not sharing that. And like on one podcast I was listening, like the person kept saying like, Oh, we have this in assets. We have this in assets. And then the interviewer, which I do appreciate, he's like, well, how much is your cash flow? And so the interview, we just had to break down and say, oh, well, we don't actually have any cash flow right now. And I just appreciated the honesty because could have just pivoted and said, oh, well, my gross rents are this or, oh, I'm not really interested in cash flow. And like some of the typical things that I hear listening to like podcasts or these people on socials. But yeah, man, it's it's a it's a lot to think about and to be aware of. Before I kick it back to you, I do want to highlight one other book that has been beneficial in terms of like looking at like financial ratios from a financial perspective, specifically for real estate. And this is not an ad, like I'm not dropping a link or anything like that. This is just a book that I actually read and I got some insights on 
Frank Gallinelli is the author's What Every Real Estate Investor Needs to Know About Cash, Cash Flow, and 36 Other Key Financial Measures. It's a really long title, but goes into a lot of detail about the financial ratios you can use to actually break down your deals and determine like if it's a financially viable property, if you should pursue like purchasing it or you're just kind of taking a look at your portfolio and trying to determine if you want to continue keeping that property or you want to sell it or, <clears throat> or 1031 exchange and then go get another one or like a myriad of other options. But that book was like very helpful. So with that, like I'll flip it back to you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A lot of good information there. One point I want to the final point for me is just going back to returns. Typically, when a professional is trying to market your security, they will benchmark to an index. Performance in a vacuum is worthless. I mean, let's just think about it. I mean, you have no way to determine if the performance is good or bad if you have nothing to benchmark it to. For instance, let's say you see a player score 10 points, right? Well, you don't know if that's good or bad. You know, if I said a player scored 10 points, if it's an NBA player, you know, that's not so good because in the league, you've got scorers who've averaged in 20, 30 points a night. So 10 point scores kind of middle of the pack, maybe a bench warmer or a role player. But if I tell you it's at your local rec league and the game was to 11 and most of the other players scored one or two, then it's a really, really good metric. So the thing is, outside of a comparison benchmark, that number means nothing on its own. And so just something to keep in mind as you look at the plethora of market materials that will come at you, marketing your return on investment, they may sell a certain product or a certain security, always look to see what they're benchmarking to. And if they don't offer one, just get a benchmark yourself to have that on hand so that you can tell if this person's the real deal or not. 